Welcome to From Water Into Wine with Mignon Morel, the place where we discuss the practical and supernatural ways of the kingdom of God that are relevant to your life. And now, today's podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm Mignon Morel, your host of From Water Into Wine. Before we get started today, I just wanted to say welcome to all of our new podcast listeners. In case you didn't know, I do have a website, fromwaterintowine.org, as well as a YouTube page. And I wanted to let everyone know we're going to be expanding the ministry. We're going to be adding an app in the near future, as well as more videos uh, that will help you in your walk, your spiritual walk with Jesus, and events coming up. I'm going to start doing some training uh, coming up in the next, uh, before the end of the summer, where I take people deeper uh, into different aspects of how to grow in their walk with Jesus, how to move in the prophetic, how to receive healing uh, in different places that it's needed. So I encourage you, uh, when you have the time, to go to the website and uh, get access to all of these things. We have a Facebook page. We're on most platforms. And uh, use these tools to help you grow in your walk with the Lord. So today we have a wonderful topic. Today we're going to talk about getting to know more of the Holy Spirit. Now, did you know that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you? Romans 8, 11. And if the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. The same Spirit that enabled Jesus to drive out demons while He walked upon the earth lives in you. Matthew 12, 26. The same spirit that enabled Paul to preach with miracles, signs, and wonders through demonstrations of God's raw power lives in you. 1 Corinthians 2, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. So my question to you is this. If the same spirit that did all these things lives in you, why are you not walking in more freedom, in more intimacy, in more healing, more power, and more liberty? Let me venture to say that it could be because you have not truly embraced the power and the personhood of the Holy Spirit. Now, understand that the same spirit, the third person of the Trinity, known as the Holy Spirit, is powerful is real and alive, and if you have accepted Jesus Christ, absolutely without a doubt lives in you. You see, the Holy Spirit is more than just a nice deposit or spiritual afterthought that God has gifted us with. He is the spirit man of God. He is the power source of God, and he is the individual being within the Trinity. What is most incredible uh, about the Holy Spirit is the fact that this spirit man and power source chooses to dwell in ordinary men and women like you and me. You know, we will never be able to truly grow, grow closer to God and grow in our spiritual giftings and fruit without embracing the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's talk a bit, a little bit about what the Holy Spirit uh, has been called throughout Scripture. So we have a better understanding of some of the different titles that assert his place in our lives. 
that assert his purpose and his personhood also within the Trinity. Uh, he has been called the counselor and the spirit of God's truth. John 15, 26, when the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the father, he will testify about me. So he's the spirit of truth. He's been called the spirit of God's glory. First Peter 4, 14, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. He's been called the spirit of grace, Hebrews 10, 29. How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him and who has insulted the spirit of grace? He's been called the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that may, you may know him better, Ephesians 1.17. He's been called the spirit of the Lord. Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, 2 Corinthians 3.17. The Holy Spirit is referenced as the power of God in Luke 24.49 when Jesus said, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. So what is the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in the daily life of a believer? Well, first, we need to remember that he is our seal. He is the seal on our life that displays that we are owned by God, and he is our deposit that assures us of our heavenly inheritance. 2 Corinthians 1.23 He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Ephesians 1.13 When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So we need to understand that he's an actual seal over our lives, declaring who we belong to. It's his job to turn us into the likeness of Jesus so that we become a son and daughter of God. Romans 8, 14. For those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. So we see here that one of his jobs is to help us become like Christ and become children of God. This is a process known as transformation. It's also the Holy Spirit's job to produce and fill us with spiritual fruit. Now, why? Why is that important? Because the fruit of the Spirit is aligned with God's nature. Now, I speak a lot on the fruit of the Spirit in other podcasts, and if you have not listened to that, I encourage you to go back to it, because the fruit of the Spirit is actually power for His people. The fruit of the Spirit is about who God is, 
his attributes, and how he is. The Holy Spirit produces fruit in our lives to help us become more like God because we are his children and we are supposed to be carrying his nature and his attributes because we are truly his offspring through Jesus. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper and forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, which is meekness and humility, and self-control. Against such things there is no law that can bring a charge. So the Holy Spirit produces spiritual fruit in us, which enables us to become more like God. The Holy Spirit also is the one who equips us with spiritual gifts so that we can do the work of the kingdom like Jesus did. 1 Corinthians 12. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, and to another speaking in different kinds and tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So it's his job to give us the gifts that we have, the spiritual gifts that we need. And I want to note here that Jesus had all the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, it says this in, in Isaiah eleven two. He was filled with the entire fullness of this Holy Spirit while he walked on the earth. Now, another role of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to help comfort us, to guide us and strengthen us on our journey so we can do the things God is calling us to do and live the abundant life that Jesus promised us. John 14, 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter, a counselor, helper, intercessor, and advocate, strengthener and standby that he may remain with you forever the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive or welcome to its heart, because he does not see him or know and recognize him. But you know and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be with you and will be in you. So this is another role the Holy Spirit plays in our life. So let's talk a little bit about some other functions that the Holy Spirit can have. Scripture speaks about the many functions that the Holy Spirit can perform also in a Christian's life. Things like in regards to revelation uh, and wisdom, the Holy Spirit leads and directs us. Matthew 4, 1, Then Jesus was led, guided by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted, tested, and tried by the devil. Luke 2.25, we see the Holy Spirit giving revelation and guidance uh, to someone else. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. So the Holy Spirit can give us revelation as well. 
The Holy Spirit gives us understanding in spiritual matters and the word of God. First Corinthians uh, talks about this in first Corinthians two twelve. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. So it's the Holy Spirit who really gives us wisdom and understanding in spiritual matters, as well as the Word of God. The Holy Spirit releases dreams and visions upon believers. Acts 2.17, in the last day, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. The Holy Spirit is the one that releases the prophetic, John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Now, in regards to healing and deliverance, the Holy Spirit is the power that cast out demons, Matthew 12, 28. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. The Holy Spirit strengthens us and intercedes for us when we need it and for our needs. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. The Holy Spirit is power behind miracles. 1 Corinthians 2, 4, 5. My message and my preaching were not with words, with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives us tongues. I want to say a word here about tongues because uh, there are certain people in the body that believe if you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. They take this from Acts 2. Let me read this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So we see here that according to this verse, the appearance of the Holy Spirit was like tongues of fire and that this is how the Spirit actually originally manifested to them in fire, not just words and and not just speaking in tongues. And at that point, when the Holy Spirit came as that manifestation of fire, he gave them the gift of speaking in tongues in order to evangelize the city they were in at Pentecost. He gave them the gift, just like he gives us other gifts that are mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, 4. 
to another, again, distinguishing between spirits, to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another, the interpretation of tongues. Tongues is a gift, just like any other gift that God gives us. It is not the only evidence of the Holy Spirit being active in your life. Healing is a gift. Wisdom is a gift. Miracles are a gift. They're all evidence of the Holy Spirit being active in your life. Jesus said in Luke 24, 49, that the disciples were to wait in the city in order to receive power from on high. God's power baptizing them from on high, not just a gift of tongues is evidence of power. The Holy Spirit baptism is power, and that power working through your life is evidence of his presence. Because tongues is a gift, you can ask for it, and God will give it to you if you really want it. But many people who operate in other gifts can question themselves when it comes to the Holy Spirit because they don't necessarily always speak in tongues. So I just wanted to make that a little bit clearer for those who may be wondering. Now, I want to talk briefly here about the difference between resting inside uh, us and the Holy Spirit coming upon and resting upon us. We need to know that there is really a marked difference between just knowing that the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of us and that he is fully operating in and resting upon us. The Holy Spirit is within Christians, but they don't always acknowledge him and live with him in the fullness of what he brings. We know the Holy Spirit is resting upon us when our lives are filled with more of his presence and we are submitted to his leadership moment by moment like Jesus was. When we are submitted and flowing in God's perfect will for our lives, our lives look more like Isaiah 11:2. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. When the Spirit rests upon us, we are filled with greater wisdom and understanding and revelation. And we're taken into the Spirit's counsel. And out of that counseled place, we are then released in the Spirit's power to do the things that God has called us to do. In the kingdom, everything is done and accessed through relationship and obedience to that relationship. It's not just religion, it's relationship. And part of that relationship is with the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So let's talk a little bit about, okay, Mignon, we understand more about what the Holy Spirit's role is. How do we grow in that relationship with the Holy Spirit? So how do we get to a place where the role of the Holy Spirit in our life is really growing? As Christians, we can deepen our relationship with the Holy Spirit by inviting him personally into our everyday lives. I think sometimes we think it has to be some kind of, you know, major event. But the truth is, he's always responds enthusiastically to our invitation because the Holy Spirit is very relational in nature and he comes when he's asked, when he's invited. The Holy Spirit desires to be our closest friend. He desires to share Jesus and all the mysteries of heaven with us. We learn more about Jesus through the Holy Spirit. He longs to be included in all of our decisions, especially when they concern the Lord and the things in our lives. Uh, Acts 15, 28. And it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us 
not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. So we see here that according to this verse, uh, the Holy Spirit was considered a member of their tribe and included when they made their decisions. You know, you can practice this in your everyday life by asking the right questions as you go through your day. Holy Spirit, please guide me. What should I do in this situation? What should I do with this person? Holy Spirit, what is the truth here? What am I seeing? What am I missing? You know, Holy Spirit, I submit this day to your leading. Have your way. Guide my steps and lead me closer to Jesus. When we do these things, we're inviting him to take up fuller presence and fuller residency in our lives. You know, I often like to pray, Holy Spirit, rise up within me because he's within me always. I submit to you, have your way in my life and rest upon me today. You know, we invite him and he comes and he helps us and he guides our steps. And that's how he begins to fill a lot of the role in your life. Now, we need to be careful that as we go through our lives, we do not grieve the Holy Spirit once we've asked him to come. Okay, you say, well, that's good, Mignon. How do we grieve him? Well, the Bible gives us many clues to what grieves the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 4.29. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. It says in Isaiah 63:10, yet they rebelled and grieved the Holy Spirit. So we see from these verses, there's all kinds of ways we can grieve the Holy Spirit. And we need to be cognizant of that as we're going through our lives. Uh, and we need to ask forgiveness. The Holy Spirit is, is a real being. Holy Spirit, I apologize. Please forgive me if I've grieved you here by this. Help me. Help me not to grieve you anymore. <laughs> You know, another way we can grieve the Holy Spirit is through our unbelief and religious mindsets. Honestly, that that religious mindsets attempt to shut him down and regulate his position into like a box that says acknowledge, but not really useful. You know, we need to be careful uh, and we need to bring honor because the Holy Spirit brings honor to God. We need to honor him as well. Now, what attracts the Holy Spirit to us? This is a question I was asked recently, and I thought it was interesting. I believe what attracts the Holy Spirit to us is, um, you know, holiness, obedience, love of Jesus, and purity are all things that can attract the Holy Spirit. But I really think that the biggest thing that attracts him to us is our need, is our need. We are needy people. When we come to Jesus, we have this deposit. Uh, that that convinces us as we go through life of our greater need for him, our continuing need for him. You know, what keeps the Holy Spirit's presence around us? Obedience. Obedience to what he asks us and living with our minds set upon what God desires. Romans 8, 5. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. So obedience. Holy Spirit, what do I do here? Okay, keep your mind set on what the Spirit desires. 
Now, without the Holy Spirit, our picture and understanding of God is fragmented and not complete. I think we need to understand, too, what an amazing blessing and honor it is for God to have sent his spirit to dwell with us. It's true when Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. He's really given us everything that we need to be able to live the life that he's calling us to live. You know, it's time for the church to embrace more fully the, the holy and unique personhood of the Holy Spirit is vital to our faith. We need to make a conscious effort to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit, not just a religious mindset towards him. There is a huge difference. Cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit will change your life. It will open you up to dimensions of the kingdom that you can only imagine and that, that most people never experience here. So having said that, I just want to lead us uh, in a quick prayer. I want to activate uh, your faith for more of the Holy Spirit in your life for the, and, and for those who have not really received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going uh, to ask you to pray with me, and then I'm going to pray over you. So just get comfortable, and if you need to come back to do this at a different time, I hope you do. So let's just turn our hearts and minds now. We're going to focus on Jesus. Take a deep breath in and let it out. We love you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence. I thank you that even right now you are coming upon all the listeners who have been listening to this podcast. I thank you that even now you're beginning to stir up in them the different ways that you are active in thank you for that and I ask for your presence to come right now as we focus on you thank you we submit this time we submit this uh, prayer we submit everything at your feet thank you Lord okay now I'm just going to pray and I would I would ask that you pray after me Holy Spirit I love you and I invite your holy presence deeper into my life. You are welcome here. Come Holy Spirit and fill me with your light, your power, and your life. I submit my soul to you. Remove in me what grieves you. Come, fill me with your presence and rest upon me, not just in me. Give me ears to hear you, a heart that desires you and wants to be obedient and a mind that is obedient to your every wish. Teach me your ways. Teach me about Jesus and guide me in all that I do. In Jesus' holy and mighty name, amen. Good. Now I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, I ask you to fall on all those who have prayed this prayer. Ooh, that's better. Thank you.
I ask you to fill their hearts and minds with your fire, your presence, your truth. I thank you that from this point on, you guide their lives and their steps, that they are sealed by your presence, that you are the hope that they have before God and the presence of Jesus. I ask you to pour out upon them every gift and every fruit that is needed for their lives. Take them deeper into the heart and the will of the Father. Cover their lives with your power, your grace, and your ministry. In Jesus' holy and mighty name I pray. Amen. For more information, podcasts, videos, prophecies, and teachings, simply go to fromwaterintowine.org and follow us on Facebook at The Water Into Wine. This podcast is produced by Media 12 Productions, media12.org.